everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Mareva. I'm the director of the show, and I'm here, as always, with our host, Robert Birch. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Robert. How are you doing? Not too bad. Good. Good, good, good. We got a good movie this week. We do. We have an epic Western to talk about this week. We don't have a lot of Westerns. We don't have a ton, but this one's a good one. Yeah. This uh, movie that we're talking about today is The Big Country, starring Gregory Peck and a slew of others. A bunch of other people. So, uh, Gregory, uh, Charlton Heston, Charlton he's done a few pictures, you know, uh, he's pretty popular. Uh, Carol Baker, Carol Baker starts in this Gene Simmons. I like Gene her. Simmons, she's got Charles a great Bickford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of great names in it. Charles Bickford, Charles Bickford. I'm not a big, I'm, I, don't, I don't know much about Charles Bickford. I don't know much about Charles. Yeah. I yeah. don't know either, but he was a character actor back in the day. Yeah. Um, pretty good in this one. Yeah. 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 Um, and William so, Wyler, the director. William Wyler, the director. So uh, this is the OETA Movie Club podcast. Uh, the Movie Club comes to you every Saturday night at 9 on OETA. And, um, and yeah, so well, let's get started. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting that President Dwight D. Dwight D. Eisenhower uh-huh. gave Ike. this... Ike. Um, gave this movie like his just a glowing review. Saying two it thumbs was, up. Two thumbs up. He showed it at four showings uh-huh. at the White House. Uh-huh. Um, said that it was his favorite movie ever. 98% on his Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Right? That's right. It's like, uh, yeah, big two, he, he loved it. He, he said loved it was it. the best film he, he'd ever seen. So if, if that's not a plug for you, then uh, <laughs> nothing is. Um, but yeah, the I man mean, had a dentist chair just you know, <laughs> right off the Oval Office, too. That's true. So, yeah. That is true. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Gregory Pegg and William Wyler, the director, because mm-hmm. they were really good friends before yeah. starting this movie. They'd done Roman Holiday done, yeah. a year or two before that. And uh, really good friends, reportedly, uh-huh. and just clashed during this movie. Yeah. Well, now, it, it it's probably has something to do also with uh, Peck being co-producer. He was a co-producer, yeah. 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 yeah so he true. had some money involved, you know, at stake. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he wanted retakes all the time. Constant retakes. Yeah, yeah a ton of retakes. Yeah. And I think that drove William Wyler just absolutely crazy. But Wyler also wanted retakes, too. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, it's not as bad as, say, like Stanley Kubrick, where you're doing 100 retakes. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah, William Wyler would want to do a lot of retakes. And, uh, yeah, Gregory Peck was very focused on, on his part, right. you know, to get it just perfect. But, you know... Even if you're, you know, having been an actor, if you're, if you get your part right, that doesn't mean that every other, but everybody else <laughs> in the in the scene does their best. And that, right. you know, I'd be a little ticked if I were, say, Carol Baker, and my best performance was in take three, but Gregory Peck wanted to do fifteen takes because he could, he didn't get it right. Right. Yeah, but we're, you know, we're from the theater. Yeah. You know, we're used to everybody getting it right. Sure. You have to get everybody has to get it right in the same take. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, t- you know, movies are like, ah, we'll shoot a reverse. You'll never know. <laughs> we'll use the best take of each scene. We'll do some ADR. You that's know, we'll right. Fix the audio. We'll, we'll and fix all, that. all this. Sure. It's just movie magic. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, no, uh, but, but Peck um, like stormed off the set mm-hmm. a couple times. Yeah. And uh, William Wilder was asked by the press about Gregory Peck and he said that he would never direct him again. Yeah. And he was like, you can quote me on that on that. I'll I will never direct him again. And true to his word, he never right. did. They apparently reconcil- reconciled a couple years later. 3 or 4 years later. Yeah. Um, but never worked again together. Huh. So that's probably why. I mean, yeah. 
you know, it's, it's easy to get sort of bent out of shape on these, especially when everybody's trying to do their best and, yeah. and uh, really has a, a stake in the final product. Right. And sometimes you have a different vision. Oh, yeah. Than somebody well, else. And, and, you know, there's a lot of stopping and starting and there's a lot of downtime mm-hmm. and there's a lot of time for you to think about how you would do it differently and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And um, you never really know what the other person has in mind for what it's supposed to look like when it's finished. Right. You never yeah. really know. So, you know, everybody's got this idea. And, and uh, so like Charles Bickford, he got into so many arguments with uh, William Wyler um, uh, that uh, Wyler was, you know, wanted to do retakes and uh, uh, Bickford, you know, he was kind of a grumpy guy by all accounts. Yeah. And he... Um, uh, you know, he would just refuse to do things different. You know, Weiler was trying to get different uh, takes on the same right. scene. Yeah. And he would just do it the same way every single time <laughs> just, to, just to thwart him, you know. <laughs> and Gene Simmons, uh, you know, sweet Gene Simmons, it, it apparently traumatized her to yeah. the point where she wouldn't even talk about doing the film years later. Right. You know, for years just refused. I'm not going to talk about that. And uh, her big deal was that they would get rewrites all the time. So yeah. you, you would get the regular script, you know, and learn your lines and show up ready to, you know, perform that day. And um, But they would get rewrites at night, um, you know, the evening bef- for the next day. Yeah. So she'd have to then throw everything out. Stay up and learn her lines. Study the new lines. Yeah. And once you had the new lines, she'd show up at the set. Oh, here is the real script. Right. Here's another rewrite. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to, you just do it right off. I mean, why even study? Why even, yeah, Just exactly. show up and, you know, do whatever it says, you know, and do your best. Yeah. I, that Two would, cards. That would drive me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to have something. Yeah, that would drive me insane. Sure. Um, I didn't know that Slim Pickens was in this because he's basically kind of a stunt double. He's just barely he's in He's barely this. in this. Right. Yeah. Um, It'd be a much better picture, even though it's, a, it's very good. But, uh, yeah, Slim Pickens is great in anything. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, apparently he uh, doubled for Gregory Peck in the scene where um, Peck's character is bucked off the horse. Uh-huh. Um, Slim Pickens actually owned the horse <laughs> that this scene has Of course in it he did. And uh, didn't want anybody else to ride it. So <laughs> even he did, Gregory Peck. Even Gregory Peck. So <laughs> he did the double. He did the, the stunt. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Um, a star in the making. Star right in there. the making, right there. Uh-huh. Um, Charlton Heston actually almost didn't take this role. Right. Uh, yeah, he didn't think it was big enough. Well, he had just come from uh, finishing the Ten Commandments. Right. So you know he uh, he had <laughs> playing no Moses. Reason to you know, believe, like, yeah, oh. I'm going to go from Moses to the stable guy. You know, <laughs> right. and it wasn't a you know major part, but it's it's a really great character oh yeah and uh you know it's it's like that um that scene in wayne's world <laughs> i can't remember if it's wayne's world or wayne's world 2 it's wayne's world 2 i think that um uh it's like the graduate and you know there's a, a spoof on the graduate and wayne pulls over and he runs in the in the gas station right and it's char- it's this guy it's a regular guy yeah you know unknown actor and he says, you know, uh, where, where's the Methodist church, you know? And, uh, and the guy goes, well, it's uh, two blocks over and one block south, you know. 
And he goes, come on, can we get a better – he turns to the camera, can we get a better actor than this? <laughs> and they pull in Charlton Heston, right? Yeah. And he makes this you know, beautiful speech, he does <laughs> tear-jerking. I mean, you can really tell the difference. Right. Really tell the difference in oh, yeah. uh, even just a small part. If you have a, a really powerful actor, it makes a – Yeah. it does make a dirty. I love that we got a Wayne's World 2 reference <laughs> in there. That just made my whole day right there. Um, yeah, his Charlton Heston's agent convinced him to do it because if for nothing else, it would be worth it to work with Gregory Peck, uh-huh. Gregory Peck, uh-huh. and William Wyler. Yeah, so that's what got him to to sign on to do it was to and get to work with them. Got to argue with them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's talk about the score for a minute because I love the score. Yeah, a lot of people love the score. Yeah. But William Wyler apparently did not love the score. What was score. the deal with that? I don't know, but apparently he hated it. Yeah. Hated it, tried to get it, went to the studio and said, I have to have someone else come in and redo Re-score this it. whole, re, yeah, redo yeah. this whole score. And uh, Gregory Peck, as co-producer, after, I think it was after like a preview or something. An, an preview audi- audiences yeah. loved it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, preview audiences loved it. He came to him and said, no, I think we need to leave it, convinced yeah. him to leave it. And uh, not only... Is it a great score? But um, Morose, uh, who wrote the score, went on uh, to win a Academy Award for it. Yeah. Right? Or at nominated. least nomination. Nom- nominated. nominated. Yeah, yeah, nominated. But it's considered one of the great Western uh, film scores of all time. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to throw this away. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, well, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's pretty good. But he had a, a different vision, obviously. He did. Um, speaking of Oscars, this is Burl Ives' only Oscar win of his oh, career. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah Burl Ives. Career. Only He's nomination. Only nomination, yeah. only win. Well, there's a lot of those like that. I know. You know. But, um, yeah, it was a funny story. You know, they would, in between takes, there's a lot of time down. And so, like, Charlton Heston would sketch in his sketchbook or uh, uh, Gene Simmons, you know, would do something. Uh, Burl Ives loved to... Um, play cards. Play cards. And chess, I think I read. Oh, uh-huh. And chess, uh-huh. yeah. And he liked to uh, uh, regale everyone <laughs> with his guitar and, and singing what Gene Simmons said were lewd songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Let's <laughs> see, for, from a kid who grew up with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right, and, right. And him playing the snowman. <laughs> All I can hear is that voice and that snowman singing... Really terrible song. A dirty version of Jimmy Crack Corn or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, that's just. But yeah. we were talking about all the rewrites and everything. Um, according to Gregory Peck, they used seven writers during this. Well, there's, there's a, a There's a problem reason. right there yeah. when you can't get everybody to agree. Yeah. Seven writers. No wonder they had. Re- they, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Or Gene Simmons. Yeah, that was, that's ridiculous. But. Um, apparently they were never satisfied with the script, even all the way right. through the production, not still satisfied, wanted more rewrites, but the budget is what kept them from doing oh, even well, more rewrites than they did. Oh, well. So they finally yeah. just had to give in and say, okay, we won't rewrite anymore. <laughs> and You know, the, another great film that had kind of the same, uh, Gone with the Wind. Right. There was, um, there was a script, right, to begin with, but um, uh, David Selznick, uh, was never satisfied with the script and basically rewrote it himself. Yeah. Uh, but did it one day at a time. And it was just like this. You'd get those, uh, you'd get the script, you know, handed to you just a few hours before you were to, 
to show up at the set. Yeah. And uh, it drove so crazy. everyone crazy. Oh, I bet. Crazy because, you know, uh, scenes were being thrown out and, and uh, you know, you've got to light uh, these sets. You've got to have the right set. you got to have the right costumes and everything. And it was just maddening. Yeah. But, you know, uh, luckily, and, you know, great luck that, you know, you get a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Out of, you know, yeah, every once in a while. Hand, yeah. Sometimes I mean, you probably don't hear about the failures too much because right, exactly. they just never made it to the theater. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> they're, they're in the theater for one weekend and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of again. Um, well, you were talking about sets. This was actually one of the largest sets ever built at that studios. Yeah. Uh-huh. At, at the studios. Um, and uh, took up the whole took up uh, the whole two sound sound stages, stages there yeah. at um, what was Samuel this? Goldwyn. Yeah, Samuel Goldwyn yep. Studios. Yeah, but yeah, largest set they'd ever done. Yeah, I, it doesn't say. Maybe it's still the largest set since they don't Could exist be. anymore. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, largest set that they'd ever done. <laughs> um, well, you got a Wayne Wayne World two Wayne's World Wayne's two, World and Gone with the Wind. Two, yeah, you got a couple good references in. So here's my reference for the day: uh-huh. the lines, "If you ain't the granddaddy of all liars," and "I told you I'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Why uh-huh. didn't you believe me?" <laughs> Those were later used as lyrics in the song "Happy Happy Joy Joy," <laughs> featured in Nickelodeon's <laughs> Ren and Stimpy show. <laughs> So there you go. There's your Ren and Stimpy. Ren and what Stimpy. What happened to Ren and Stimpy? I don't know. They're I never watched it. I never watched it. Yeah. I never. I was never into it. But I think that's a hilarious reference <laughs> for this movie that two of the lines from the movie are used in the theme song for Ren and Stimpy show. I mean, so um, Gregory Peck, right? Uh, great actor. Uh, I guess he felt a little insecure. He wore lifts. Yes, to make this. himself taller. Yes, he so did. he would be like on the same level as Chuck Connors and Charlton Heston, right? You know, and then um, yeah, Chuck Connors is in this too. Yeah, the Rifleman, the Rifleman, who, as you were saying earlier, got to kill someone every week on television. Every week, every episode, he kills somebody, <laughs> <laughs> and he's the good guy. He's the good guy, exactly. <laughs> got but to kill yeah, every this, week. Uh, Charlton Heston and Chuck Connors are in this uh, uh, Soylent Green. Yes, nineteen seventy-three. So they yeah. started in that together after this. Yep. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, little weird coincidences of people playing each other's roles. You were telling uh-huh. me about how they almost got cast. Gregory Peck and Charlton Heston uh, almost played uh, each other's great uh, iconic roles. Right. So Charlton Heston. Was in line. He was going. He was, I think, uh, uh, almost hired. Very close to being hired for Atticus Finch, right? In To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Now, can you know? I can kind of see I that. I can see that working, yeah. Um, and I have a harder time seeing Gregory Peck as Judah Ben Hur, yeah, in Ben Hur, right? Uh, yeah, you know, could he drive a chariot? He's uh, a little scrawny for that. He's a little. <laughs> well, he could put on some weight. He could put and, on some weight yeah. and some muscle, but. But yeah, um, Charlton Heston uh, arrived like three weeks early to learn how to drive a chariot. Right. Uh, he, they were, had a little place outside Rome, and uh, you know, uh, right there on the set where they were going to film, they had him out there for three weeks. Three weeks learning how to drive a chariot. Drive a chariot. Man, um, they also both played 
the infamous Nazi war criminal, Dr. Yosef. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce Mingala. this. Mingala. Mingala. Okay. Uh-huh. I was going to say Mingel. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Peck and the boys from Brazil. The boys from Brazil. I haven't and, seen the Charlton Heston. Uh, uh, no, my father. I've not seen yeah, that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, 2003. It's a kind of a newer one. Oh, so, okay. Um, For Charlton Heston, probably one of his I was going to say it's one of his last ones, ones yeah. probably. Um, I can't remember what year he died, but it was not long after that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both played, uh, Charlton Heston and Gregory Peck both played characters with the last name Thorne. Thorne, yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, Charlton Heston in, the so- in Soylent Green, again, um, and uh, was it Gregory Peck in The Omen? The Ambassador Omen, yeah. Thorne. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's the <laughs> father of Damien. Yeah, well, he thought he was. <laughs> thought <know>. he was. <laughs> um, spo- spoiler. He's a stepfather. Spoiler, stepfather. <laughs> um, so there was a couple continuity <laughs> errors in this movie um, that I wanted to talk about because oh, yeah. one of them's pretty noticeable. Uh-huh. Um, there's a uh, a scene in which the uh, the Hennessy boys um, throw McKay's hat onto the ground uh-huh. right in front of him, kind of crushing it. The crown of the hat is clearly crushed. As you would expect, uh-huh. and because um, the, they make a big deal of the bowler hat, they make a big deal out of it. And then when he picks up the hat, when McKay kick, picks up the hat a minute later or whatever it is, um, it's in miraculous perfect condition for him <laughs> to put back on his head. And uh, there's supposed to be somebody on the set for continuity. Oh yeah, there's supposed to be tons of continuity. Yeah, they used to continuity be like a director, Polaroid now camera and run up yep. there and take a shot of everything. And yeah, they still do it. I mean, uh, just. Yeah, you know, digital cameras. Right. Yeah. That was one of the first um, freelance gigs I got in in television was um, set dressing. And so we, we would tear down these sets and I would have to take, I mean, granted this was in the time of cell phones when uh-huh. cell phones first started having cameras. And I would take 20, 30 pictures of this set and just to make sure I got everything. And still, you would still go back and look and go, uh, oh, no. I, don't, I think I missed a little shot, you know, a little something or whatever. That was and, supposed to be crushed. <laughs> right, exactly. The hat was supposed to be crushed. Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, now, but, the yeah. hat, okay, so the hat, um, they make fun of it in this. Yes. Like, he's some dude from back east. He's a sea captain, and, uh, you know, he's dressed up in a suit, and he's got this bowler hat on. And, the, you know, the guys are making fun of this. In in reality, um the bowler was used quite a bit. It was worn quite a bit. It right. Was, it was uh, fashionable. Um, and, you know, if you look in a lot of uh, old photographs of the era, guys are wearing bowler hats. Oh, it yeah. was not, um, you know, something a rarity right. on, the, on the frontier. Right. But, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. Exactly. Right. Um, another good continuity mistake is um, – during the passengers unloading from the stagecoach, uh, from the stage, uh, the, there's a little girl in a pink dress uh-huh. um, who you see get off. Off the stage. Off the stage. And then 30 seconds later, you see her get off again. <laughs> she forgot something. She forgot right? something. We just didn't see her. Ran, yeah, you just didn't see her run back on tip there. Um, she forgot her bonnet or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I love little continuity mistakes like that. I don't know we why. don't do those many on here. We don't. Yeah. We don't, but we, we should do, do more. Yeah, we could do more of those. <laughs> sure. 
All right, we are out of time. Already? I do want to take a second, though, to thank um, Rick Pierce uh-huh. uh, for sending in a couple of really cool photos of James Coburn. It's a really cool story. He uh, owned a bar in Santa Monica, California, in 83, I think you 83. said. 83. And um, a pool hall. A pool hall bar. And uh, apparently a location scout, Hollywood location scout, came in and said, hey, we want to rent your bar to shoot a Lark cigarette commercial. Do they still have Lark cigarettes? I don't, I don't think so. I yeah. don't know. And they were shooting a, a cigarette commercial, too. Yeah, right. a cigarette commercial, which you don't, yeah, it's not even illegal anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, and so it's these photos of, like, the stage crew with the lights and everything, and they're setting up for this shot with James Coburn, and he's got a very, uh, for the era, arm candy, as uh, what they used to call it. That's what he refers very, to. That's what he refers yeah. to it as, is arm yeah. candy, which is just a really pretty unknown actress, right. basically. Yeah. And um, so, uh, so yeah, it's a couple of really cool photos, so you'll have to tune in to and see James those. James Coburn, I've got a quick story. Uh, so uh, we won a Wrangler Award um, mm-hmm. 2015 and uh, for a show we did on, on uh, Black Rodeo Cowboys. Yeah. And uh, so we had to go a uh, day before the uh, big banquet for a rehearsal. You know, here's, here's the stage. Here's where you walk up. Uh, you say your piece. And then uh, as the orchestra is playing you off, you, you walk this way. And, you know. Right. Um, so we're doing that. And there are other people who were going to be there that night uh, were, do- were there for the same reason. Um, our boss, uh, Bill Perry, was uh, pointing out on the triptychs. They have these huge panoramic yeah. paintings. They're beautiful. If you've never been there, please, you want to go. Treat yourself. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, but there's little uh, little inside things that are placed there, like there's a rattlesnake on one of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And and uh, there's uh, the, the painter included himself and his wife in the one of um, uh, Angel Falls, I think, or it's a, a huge waterfall. Right. And um, there was a lady that was standing there with near us, uh, heard Bill telling us about this, and she walked over. She says, I want to see it. Show it to me. You know, point it out to me. And um, and so he pointed it out and a couple of other, you know, the rattlesnake and all that. And uh, she called her brother over there. Hey, look at this, you know, and he was pointing all this stuff out. And so, you know, we we finished our rehearsing part, our rehearsal, and we came back to work. Next day, we were at the banquet. Uh, I had gone up and got my award and several other people. And uh, then they said, uh, and now we're giving our, our posthumous uh, Lifetime Achievement Award to um, uh, James Coburn. James Coburn. And um, uh, uh, accepting the award for James Coburn are his daughter and son, <laughs> and that's who it was. That's who oh, that's we had cool. we had stood there with, and and you know pointed out the right. stuff cool. in the paintings. Yeah, the the um, well, I was about to say Cowboy Hall of Fame, but it's not called that anymore. The National Cowboy and, and Western, Western Heritage, Heritage Museum. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been there, it, it, it's worth the trip to go. Those oh, triptychs, yeah. those they're gigantic. Yeah, they are ginormous. How you could finish those in a lifetime? Oh, I know. There's four of them. There's four of them, or and they're five enormous. Of them. Isn't there Each five? One. Uh, four. There's only four. They're okay. in the four corners. Okay, I thought there was four corners and one on the back wall for some reason. No. Um, but yeah, four, even four of them. I mean, they're gigantic. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it would take. And have the room in a studio. How would you? I always wondered that about Hugh really large. Like, where did they paint this? Yeah. Did they paint it at the museum? <laughs> you know, like where did they paint this? But yeah, it's a really cool scaffold. It's a really it cool museum. That'd be the natural thing to do. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a really cool museum. Um, so check it out. Thanks for sending in that celebrity photo. That's right. And um, at the end of the show, you'll hear a tag out um, with the address and everything to send that celebrity photo in if you have one. Oh, and, and um, something new. And something new. Go ahead, tell us. Uh, we are... You know, it's funny. We're excited about the smallest little things, right? But <laughs> Hey, we've been wanting this forever. Yeah. A so t-shirt. We're excited. A movie club t-shirt. Yep. And, you know, whenever somebody sends in a celebrity photo, we will just be sure and tell us your size. Yep. Um, Start including that in your yeah. emails and letters. Um, and, and we'll send, be glad to send you uh, your uh, a t-shirt in your size. And they're pretty cool t-shirts. It's a black t-shirt with a... New kind of cool logo that our graphic artist Callie Langham Club. did, and, and, and it's got uh, the popcorn uh, bucket there with you know the popcorn is, is color. Yeah, so since 1988, yeah, the first year that Movie Club started. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool T-shirt. We're excited to have it. So yeah, if you send in a photo that we use on the air, we'll send you one of those. Yep. And um, and so yeah, um, next week we're going to be talking about In the Heat of the Night, which is one of my favorites. Very good, uh, very good movie. Yeah. Um, so please join us next week. And join us every Saturday night at 9 on OETA for the OETA Movie Club. And until next week, take care. Good night. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn.